you know, I want to pose the question, why should a company be measured by the culture it creates? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Ecom Growth Show. Do I say hi now or do I wait? I'm pretty much brain fried at this point. Let's go. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen of e-commerce world? I'm Robbie Switzer. I'm Daniel Stafford. Uh, we're super honored to be here today, guys. Super grateful to be talking to you about culture building, about how to build a diehard team that thrives in a world gone remote. Um, if you rewind six years ago, uh, you'll find two young guys who, like most of you with the entrepreneurial bug, um, wanted to go out and do something great, do something amazing, make a lot of money. So naturally, coming from the, the town of 5,000 people that we do up here in Homer, Alaska, we knew exactly how to go about doing that. You know, you take on an ungodly amount of debt, you go and you buy a commercial fishing operation, say goodbye to the family for months at a time, and then you go see how much fish you can catch and uh, see if you're gonna be successful doing that. And uh, he has a real intimate background doing that, so why don't you tell yeah, a little bit. so I'll dive into my story real quick, spend a little time here. So I actually grew up, I was born and raised on a commercial fishing boat. The first time I went out, I think I was like three years old, spent a few weeks out then but then i was a full-time deckhand meaning i was working full-time getting paid as a full crewman by the time i was 10. and so i had a really unique upbringing that's the world i knew and my dad is actually has all these world records in the commercial fishing realm like he's super good at it uh, but that's kind of what i grew up doing and once i hit a point of like getting married and having kids and everything it, it kind of lost its appeal to me i realized I didn't love being gone away from my family. You know, we just had a little boy and I was like, man, I can't do this forever. But for a while it was nice though, right? It was nice for a while, yeah, because <laughs> you go out and make a lot of money, then we're able to travel and everything. Yeah. But once we started having a family, uh, I really started losing that desire. And one thing that really killed my desire is right when I got married, I did the Alaska thing, went into all this debt, bought a commercial fishing boat. You know, I was doing really well at the beginning of the season, but one afternoon we're heading back to port with 10,000 pounds of fish on board which was quite a bit and we caught a big wave and we surfed down the front of the wave and actually ended up rolling the boat and it was me and three other guys inside in this boat that was upside down I was able to luckily crawl out the window kind of crawl over the boat as it's rolling and call for help right away meanwhile I'm waiting for all the heads to pop up and thank God they did everyone survived but I remember sitting there thinking man there's got to be a safer better way to make money. I mean, that's not what I thought right then. I felt like a failure, had all these overwhelming thoughts, mm -hmm. lost my saving, almost lost my life. Yeah. But kind of after that, I was like, dude, there's gotta be a better way to, yeah. to provide for a family. So though though I didn't go and roll my boat, uh, I still had a story that kind of paralleled his where I, I got married actually to his little sister, um, bought the boat, went out fishing, and then just uh, really loved the work hard, play hard lifestyle, being able to go and make money and then have a little bit of freedom in the off season. Um, but dude, just it, it got really hard to, to say goodbye to the family. And especially when I started having kids, and so I think, um, you know, we both had a little bit of a, a transition and a desire to do something different. And we were, it was actually hard enough for us and hard enough on our families that we were willing to basically play the fool and, and learn to do something entirely different. So we didn't really know where to start, but, um, but we did. We just dove in and we started a digital marketing agency. And now I'll, I'll skip a lot of the details here and, and forgive me for, for skipping some of the fun stories and, and the lessons that we've learned but I really want to fast forward to where we are now um, because over the last six years, you know, we've grown our team from just the two of us to now 40 full-time employees, 32 of which are 100% remote. 
And so we've had to learn a thing or two about having a remote team. Uh, we've generated our clients over $100 million in e-commerce revenue directly attributed to the campaigns we run. So we know what we're talking about definitely in this industry. And uh, we just want to share some of these insights with you today and some of the lessons we've learned and really not just like managing a, a remote team, but actually building a culture where people are thriving both personally and professionally, because to me, that's the whole key around you know, enabling people to um, to thrive in a world gone remote. Yeah, so guys, what we're obviously talking about today is how to build a diehard team that thrives in a world gone remote. Uh, and number one, uh, you have to partner with your people to thrive personally and professionally, but it starts with yourself, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it has to start with you. So for Robbie and I, our professional journey, you know, started with us coming out of commercial fishing, uh, and choosing a new life for ourselves that mm -hmm. we were able to pick up tools, learn, but also learn to really thrive in the season we were in when we weren't even making a lot of money, when the business was just getting off the ground, when there was a lot of stress, we had to be able to take a step back and really take care of ourselves. So that way, when we were getting success, we could pass those lessons, those things on to the team. Yeah. Uh, so empowering your team guys starts with empowering yourself, learning those lessons so then you can pass them on. Yeah, and I'd say part of that, which is kind of the second point here is um, don't just say it, like actually live it out. So people are very smart. They can tell whether or not you're saying things for the sake of trying to get something from them. You know, they can tell if you actually live by your core values, if you actually believe in your vision, or if you're just trying to use this as a, as a hack to grow your business. And really that's that defeats the whole purpose. Really yeah. what you're trying to do is truly partner with your people and you as a business owner like this is an extreme privilege you you literally have the power to make somebody's life a living hell or empower them to do something amazing for themselves for their family and even you know not everybody wants to have their own vision some people want to join you in yours and so you really want to um not just say these things but actually live it out and so part of the way that we do this is uh you know every wednesday we have a team meeting and you know these team meetings, they go something like us all getting together. Um, and the funny thing about it is we don't even really talk about business. Yeah. This meeting is literally ded dedicated towards helping people thrive personally and professionally. And it's morphed over time, but we, we start by basically you know sharing any wins we have. It's always good to celebrate the good things that are going on. Um, and then we kind of shift into sharing our core values, which again, you really want to put a lot of time and energy into figuring out what your values are because values drive culture. Yeah. And then, um, you know, from there, we're going to share a couple quick updates and then we're giving somebody on the team the opportunity to talk and talk about something that's meaningful to the other team members. And so the topics have included anything from like, how to deal with failure, the value of suffering, to how to develop good habits. And it's just like, you know, they spend 10 to 15 minutes talking about something that they think the, the team could benefit from, either personally or professionally. And then they kind of open it up for discussion. And it's really been an amazing thing where people are getting vulnerable, they're sharing personal stories, and they're actually experiencing real growth from it. Yeah, because we're not in the office, obviously, every day bumping shoulders mm -hmm. and having that level of small talk. So we try to create a really intentional time once a week where everyone can feel valued and their opinion is heard and they're mm -hmm. able to just to chat and share stuff that's meaningful to them. 
it's so funny too real quick just yeah. the 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 bar has been raised so much of those meetings because what started out us just kind of like sharing some mindset nuggets. We used to call yeah. it like, you know, let's have a mindset meeting and just kind of invest in our team that way. It has now become almost like these little mini TED talks that happen yeah. just for our team. And it, it goes a long way. And the feedback we get from our team is that um, this work culture is entirely different from what I've experienced other places. And I actually feel like you do believe in, you do want me to to thrive. And so if you want people to to thrive and buy into your vision, make sure that their well-being is a part of that vision. Yeah. Another thing we like to do and operate out of is overflow and not a high pressure, high stakes environment. Mm -hmm. And so we believe that when we're taking care of ourselves, we're overflowing onto our team from a place of vision, from a place of inner peace. Uh, and that's gonna get passed on to them. They're gonna be able to take that and pass it on to our clients and prospects mm -hmm. uh, and so forth. And then same thing like uh, not having a high pressure, high stakes environment yeah. where we allow people to go out and make mistakes. We try to empower people, let them make their own decisions. If there is a mistake that's made, that's okay because we can clean up a mm -hmm. mess together. Uh, but we like to create kind of a low stakes environment and that way people don't feel like their head's always on the chopping block and they don't know when they're mm -hmm. going to get cut off. You know, a lot of businesses nowadays are just operate from the place of hustle and grind and they're mm -hmm. trying to squeeze everything they can out of their employees and out of their people just to make more profit mm -hmm. where we have a much softer approach that works much better and, and the feedback we get from that as well is is amazing you know yeah People and feel it, really valued in it it's not a lack of accountability at all it's just yeah. literally rather than trying to beat somebody up for their performance um, we're just trying to invest in them and get them first to a place where they're thriving and then the performance come and then the results come and then you know there's all types of accountability you need to have accountability um, if your team is remote and so that's super huge. The last thing I would say on that is on this point of overflow over pressure is that again, some of the most rewarding things you're going to feel as a business owner is when your people are thriving is when they're, they're doing well. And so this is an, an area where we do get a lot of great feedback where they feel like, you know, I actually believe that they're interested in my well being, yeah. Um, and it, it just goes right into the culture we're trying to build here. Yeah. Are we going to hit on celebrate and reinforce too? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. That's all you, bro. So it's really important when somebody is doing well, when they are growing to call that out. And so that's why in those team meetings, we are celebrating our wins, you know, it, and not just, not just the business goals, yeah. but the personal ones as well. And so if somebody go has the ability to go buy a new house, like you better celebrate it yeah, totally. because that's what's really going to reinforce this idea of, you know, keeping people um, on the track of learning to thrive. Yeah. If you're always just noticing what's wrong with people and what they're not doing, like mm -hmm. it just, they, you're just nitpicking them apart, but we focus so much heavily on the other side of celebrating, reinforcing the good behavior that you actually get more of that. Mm -hmm. So I think what you celebrate and once you promote in people is actually what you get more of from them instead mm -hmm. of nitpicking them apart. It actually can create a worse person, worse worker in a lot of cases. So mm -hmm. big on celebrating our employees. And then the last point here um, on how to partner with people is to get real live mm -hmm. feedback from them. And this has been huge for us because we really want to make sure we can give people feedback that feels like it comes from a place of love and care and not like we're just trying to uh, be harsh on them or brutal. Mm -hmm. 
but we want people to be open to feedback and to have a posture of being able to say, okay, how can I improve and mm -hmm. not get immediately defensive, put their walls up. So that's actually a culture we've tried to create amongst our leaders mm -hmm. is, hey, well, you need to give direct feedback sometimes. I don't want you to take this personally or like it diminishes all the good that you do, but here's what needs to improve and why. Mm -hmm. uh, and we have that connection with them where they know it comes from a good place but it's so important to be able to get that live mm -hmm. feedback and be able to give that direct um, criticism on the spot. Yep, and it's a two-way street. So every week we send out a weekly check-in to our employees. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not mandatory, it's not something we enforce, but it just asks them a few simple questions like, you know, how was your week? What were a couple wins? What were a couple challenges? You know, anything you learned? And then is there anything in your personal life that's affecting your work? And they don't have to share, but it creates a really cool opportunity for us as employers to help people in this idea of helping them to thrive personally if we know what's going on in their life. Yeah. And then of course there's a section like um, if they have any suggestions for us or feedback for us to, to share that as well. But quick story, there's a woman on our team um, she found out randomly that her, her dad had a, a cancerous growth in his lip and you know, she was, she said she was super stressed out and honestly it is affecting my work. And so it gave us the opportunity to be able to say, Hey, uh, you know, I'm really sorry about what's going on. Would you like some company airline miles to go down and, and, and be with your dad, like through this surgery and uh, long story short, you know, he, he went the, through the surgery. She didn't end up going down. She didn't feel a need to, and everything was, was fine. And he's doing really good now, but you know, something that virtually cost us nothing, you know, we implemented a system here to be able to check in with people, you know, meant so much to her. Just the fact that we would reach out, that we would even try to offer a solution. Obviously, you know, there's not a ton we can do, but at least just, you know, let her go be with her dad. The fact that we're doing this, um, just really puts her in a position to feel supported and, and loved by us. And that's, again, one of the things that's gonna, really gonna help her thrive in this culture. Sometimes it's just the little things like that, right? That make a big difference for the employees. So we try to do that as often as we can. So we're gonna transition into three ways to turn obstacles into strengths. Yeah, so the first one is going from hard to manage to a culture of high freedom yet high accountability. Um, so I think one of the biggest challenges for people who have, uh, remote workers is you don't know how much they're working. <laughs> you really don't even know, like, you have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's surprising. No, you, you really don't know exactly, you know, how many hours they're working, exactly what they're working on at what time. Yes, we have, um, you know, project management software, even things to kind of track their time. Yeah. But rather than you know entering into this world where it's very tempting to micromanage your people, we found that it's much better to give them the freedom, but also hold them accountable. And so what that ended up being for us was uh, this, this thing called a be your own boss policy. And effectively what that is, is a, an unlimited vacation policy. And the only way we're able to do that can we it, just acknowledge the name though? That's a, that's a good name. Yeah. Be your own boss policy. Who doesn't want to hear that? Which is actually one of our core values to be your own boss, you know, hold yourself to a higher standard than anyone else would ask of you and, you know, manage your own time, your own resources, etc. But this doesn't work unless you know exactly what you need to get from your people. Yeah. Otherwise there's too much, there's too much vagueness. 
And so um, you take this challenge of working with people remotely and you turn it into a strength because when people understand that they, they have uh, you know, something they're being accountable to and they understand exactly what that is and they accomplish it, it gives them, you know, first of all, a, a little bit of a high to, to know that they're on top of their stuff, but then they also get a benefit from the freedom that comes along with that. And um, I think it's for anybody, I think it's pretty attractive to have an unlimited vacation policy. And so far, it hasn't been problematic, you know, and we, we actually try to create opportunities for people to take time off because, you know, there's there's language in this policy that would say if you're falling behind on your work or, you know, you have certain projects coming up, like probably not the best time to go and take vacation. But at the same time, we've actually hired full time people in each department to be a fill-in person so that if the if the load is always heavy if there's always clients needing something there is somebody that can kind of step in and manage that so you can at least yeah. you know take a week or two off here and there um and go get refreshed because yeah. that that's super huge some important too that we did especially you early on was documenting all the sops that we're mm -hmm. doing all the standard operating procedures start building that out early of exactly what you're doing and a checklist that's mm -hmm. anyone can go through and just check it off so that's kind of what we have for each department now but it makes training and hiring mm -hmm. so easy and people have a structure uh that they can do yeah. and you know if they're being efficient at it because they're they're checking off these tasks yeah so definitely kind of making that transition from ambiguity to world-class standard operating procedures and just mapping out those sops like you said if you don't know where to start on that just start recording it and then you know have somebody go out and list those into sequ sequential steps and then you can kind of unpack that and put it into you know something like trello or asana and you really want to do that for any task that is done you know on a repeating basis so that when you are bringing people aboard you um you have a way to train them and you have a, a very specific way about doing something so there's no vagueness it's really hard you know we work in a, a very high-tech industry and so it's very hard sometimes to communicate highly technical information over zoom or over the phone and so the more you can kind of leverage sops and training videos and stuff like that to your advantage uh, the better off you're going to be and that's some of the most uh feedback we get from new hires is like mm -hmm. wow we love your your process and procedures which i wouldn't necessarily expect when you're hiring people to be like <laughs> oh i love process right. <laughs> but people really do thrive in that and yeah. they understand what their role is and what needs to be done so mm -hmm. that's been super helpful i also want to apologize to you for for jumping outside your <laughs> no, sops <laughs> that's totally all right um the last thing i would say on that is you don't have to do it this way but basically what we've done, how we've been able to pull this off is we built an entire, basically you see all these online courses, these crash courses on online, they're built on Kajabi or something like that. We built that out for us internally. Yeah. And not only do we go over the functions of any given role in our business, you know, whether you're a salesperson, a media buyer, an account manager, we also take that opportunity to share with them our vision for the company, our values that we expect everyone to operate out of and kind of define the culture that they're coming into. And so they have a very awesome onboarding process where they get to learn about me and Daniel, they get to learn about uh, the company they're working for, you know, what our big goals are, even in terms of like giving back and stuff like that. And then they get into the training of their job description. So it feels, it feels world-class to them yeah. and uh, we get great feedback there. So 
Again, you don't have to go that extensive, but you definitely need super clear SOPs if you're going to be working with people remotely. So the third point here is from isolation and loneliness to meaningful connection. Mm -hmm. And if I'm going to be honest, Rob, I forget a lot of the sub points here, the <laughs> stories. So yeah, why no. don't you springboard us? So basically, if we were all working in the same office together, if all 40 of us were here, yeah. the chances are we're not going to sit down every Wednesday in a big circle and, you know, share our wins, give these little talks and, and you know, create these opportunities for us to connect. We're just going to operate the way that most offices operate. We're all going to go in, into our into our rooms, get onto our computers and start doing this thing because we, we have a tendency to take relationship for granted and take yeah. connection for granted. And it's so easy too, you know, in a very competitive industry, in a booming industry, in a fast paced industry, in an industry where you're always under attack, you know, we have all kinds of stuff um, attacking the way we advertise and we have to adapt and be on the fly all the time. Mm -hmm. You rarely prioritize connection. Yeah. But when you get, um, when you're working with remote people and you realize that that is actually like a huge human need that's not being met because we are re working remote. You know, we actually flip the script and we use that as something to um, really connect. And so these weekly check-ins, these team calls, I honestly believe they wouldn't take place if we didn't have our team, you know, spread out across the country. Yeah. And so I'm actually really grateful for that. And it's another way that you can take, you know, something that would be really hard with working remote people and use it as a strength for your company. Yeah. And just to quickly recap what the threes, what three ways to turn obstacles into strengths are. You got number one, from hard to manage to a culture of high freedom and high accountability. Mm -hmm. Number two, from isolation and loneliness to meaningful connection. And then number three, from ambiguity to world-class standard operating procedures. Yeah. Ready to move on, Rob? Let's do it. So to bring this whole thing home, guys, is, um, you know, I want to pose the question, why should a company be measured by the culture it creates? Um, and plain and simple, because it actually matters. I said this earlier, but you as a business owner literally have the privilege to make somebody's life awful or super great. Yeah. And you know, that's something that we don't take lightly. We really want to be able to partner with our people and build a culture that's edifying, that's encouraging. And our vision is actually in line with something that's healthy for them in their lives as well. And again, it's a self-perpetual motion. It's, it's something that builds momentum when, when something's achieved, it just rolls into itself and we create a snowball effect yeah. and the result is awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we all know, we, we all have had these experience where you're transacting, where you're doing business with somebody who is empty inside and they hate their life. You know, if you're talking to a customer service rep on, you know, customer support and they're treating you like garbage and you can tell they're having a bad day because they've just been, you know, probably a ton of pressure from their bosses, probably a ton of pressure from people calling, yeah. you know, nobody wants to live in that environment. And so, you know, I really do think, you know, we as business owners, have the privilege to create a culture that actually makes the world better. Yeah, and I love building businesses. We love making money and providing for our families and stuff, but something so much more fulfilling is the connections that we're changing. 
or not the connections were changing, but the, the connections we're making and the lives that we are changing. Mm-hmm. It's so fun to hear employees say, hey, I just bought a new house or hey, I'm buying rental properties or mm-hmm. they're able to buy their first car or they're saying, hey, I've never felt valued in a job before. Like this is amazing. Mm-hmm. So that stuff to us is way more important than the, than the profit of the business. And it's so much more meaningful yeah. to actually impact and change people's lives along the way. Yeah, and to get heavy for a moment, you know, when you're laying down and you're breathing your last, chances are you're not gonna be thinking about um, you know, either crushing your your annual revenue goals or your quarterly goals or you know, falling short of those. You're gonna think about the people you love and you're gonna wonder whether or not you you gave it your all and, and yeah. whether or not you took advantage of the relationships that have were brought into your life, you know, whether, whether that's work or friends or your, your close family. And so, you know, legacies are built through culture yeah. and, you know, we really want to show up and um, create a legacy with what we're doing. And it's all these things added together that have kind of given us the ability to build a diehard team that is thriving in a world gone remote. And again, they definitely need to be a part of that vision. If you want them mm-hmm. to uh, to give them your all and buy into your vision, like they need to be a part of that vision. Dude, that was good. I don't know what else to add to that. that was a good ending. <laughs> again, guys, thank you so much. Um, we've, we've definitely enjoyed speaking to you about culture building, about working with people remotely. And um, yeah, those are some of the lessons that we've learned and we hope you benefited from this and, and kind of picked up some nuggets yourself today. All right, see you guys.